The Absolute Value Podcast is brought to you by Jaybird Sports. High-performance wireless audio for athletes. Power your passion. Today's episode is a special one for me because I get to sit down with the one and only Marco Carducci, a member of the Canadian national team and the goalkeeper of the year for the Canadian Premier League during the 2019 season. But aside from literally being known as the Roman Wall, Marco is one of the most humble and hardworking guys I've ever met. So thank you for being on today's episode of the Absolute Value Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on and I'm, uh, I'm excited for it. Listen, brother, before we get started, I, I need to get something out of the way. Where does the nickname The Roman Wall come from? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's a good story because it's so uh, organic and how it happened. So, um, and this is my memory because honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure where, where, it, where it kind of really originated from. But um, a couple of years ago, so going back to 2018, I was playing for uh, Calgary Foothills in the in the PDL and and uh, our coach was Cavalry's coach now Tommy Wilden Jr. and um, we were, we were sitting on an interview as we were making our run um, to to the finals and uh, we had a big game it was this, it was the national semifinal and we were we were on a breakfast TV show or something like that here here in Calgary and um, I, I think Tommy Tommy was the one who came up with it somehow some way he he started calling me the Roman Wall and when it really <laughs> when it really took and I loved it because I mean to give the context it's uh, you know, my, my heritage is Italian and my dad's side is from, uh, the Rome area. So, so that's where the Roman part comes from. And, um, we had a, we had a very good, uh, clean sheet run at that part of the season. So maybe that's where the wall came in as well, but Tommy dropped it on, on, uh, TV. Uh, the, the interviewer took, took it and, and ran with it as well. And, and that brought a bit of a laugh. And then from that point, it just kind of caught fire and here we are Roman wall. Well, I know that the CPL supporters uh, of Calvary really have ingrained that uh, and, and take it upon themselves to really call you the Roman Wall. They they love you and they support you, which is really cool to see. So uh, let's, let's get started right at the very, very beginning. You were born in Calgary, Canada. Uh, you came from a very strong Italian heritage. Tell us what was it like growing up in that family? Canadian boy and I grew up here and but you know I grew up with with my nonna and nonno and had all the wonderful benefits of, of that including the, the the delicious food and, and everything that comes with being a spoiled Italian boy <laughs> but uh, honestly I, to this day um, I'm just again so grateful for, for such a wonderful family where um, you know I learned so many things through my upbringing, um, and I enjoyed such a close relationship with with my immediate family. You know, my, my zias and zios, aunts and uncles, and everything. Just a very tight knit group, and, and to, to this day, it's just such an important part of my life. Is that where soccer comes from? How did you get introduced to the sport? As, as, as early as I was walking, I was probably kicking a ball at the same time. And it, and it comes from, from my family. I have an older brother who, um, you know, as a young kid, I was probably just trying to play with him and, and just following his footsteps. But both my parents 
love the game. Um, they both played, um, you know, even, even, even my dad to this day sometimes uh, puts on the boots again and, and the gloves and gets out there. So I just grew up with it all around me. Um, you know, it was, it was on TV. We were playing it. It's just literally just in our family. It's such a big passion of ours. And, and honestly, you just, you grow up with that all around you. And it's really, it's really all that I knew. In our conversations, I know you just referenced your dad, but you've always referenced your father as someone who taught you gratitude, discipline, humility. What did that relationship with your father teach you about your career in football, uh, soccer? Yeah, honestly, it, it would be, it's, it's hard to find a place to start. Um, you know, as a kid, and, and I know we'll, we'll get into this a bit more, but, um, you know, as, as I started playing more competitively and, and kind of growing in the game, um, I was so, so fortunate to have my father who um, was passionate about it, and he gave so much of his time and energy to, to help me. Uh, and what that turned into was he was essentially my goalkeeper coach uh, up until the point that I eventually made the jump into, you know, pursuing the game at a higher level, which was when I went to Vancouver. Um, but up until that point, and, and, you know, even arguably to this day, he, he was, he was a coach of mine and he, um, you know, we spent countless hours out training, doing the extra work. Um, I was passionate about it and I wanted to do it, but he really helped me fuel that fire and, and just guided me and, and gave me really uh, the foundation to, to make me who I am today. And, and I know for a fact that without him, there's no, there's no way I'd be where I am today. And, you know, to, the, to this day, I'm so grateful for him for that. Um, but like you had mentioned, I think aside from all that, he, all that time, all that effort and, and the time we spent together, the, the work we put in, it taught me so much more than just being, you know, a better goalkeeper. Uh, it was about the discipline, about putting in work uh, when others weren't. And, and when I didn't want to, it was always, um, I can remember some moments that, that weren't always uh, the best because having a father as your coach isn't always uh, the easiest thing either. But, you know, when I look back, again, just, just those, those habits and, and traits he instilled in me, um, you know, I can, I'm just forever grateful for all of that. As you start, and I don't want to get sentimental here, but as you start thinking of a future family and you're coming of that age of where, you know, you have a beautiful girlfriend and hopefully I'm not going to work because I want to see you guys have kids. Cause I think it will be beautiful kids. But as you start thinking of your future family, what does this relationship with your father um, have made you to, to prepare you to become a father yourself eventually? again there, there's so many things um that i've learned from from him and, and my mother too because i have such a special relationship with her as well and so grateful um for her but with my dad i mean um he's just so selfless and, and that would be the one thing that i would say is that you know he he for both me and my brother it, it was just a matter of of being the best father you could be, um, instilling all those traits and, and, you know, being just fully committed to us. And, and for me, especially with, with, with the soccer and, and with, you know, helping me grow in the game, but also again, all those extra traits that he taught me outside of the game. It was just selflessness. He, he, he put in all that time and effort because uh, he wanted to. Um, and there was there was never anything in it that 
was was about him. It was all about just giving his time and effort for his children. And you know, one day, I hope that you know, I can do the same thing. Before we continue, I want to get really deep into the weeds. Uh, although you're very, very young still, uh, you have been a pro for a long time. How did you go from Calgary to being a member of the Vancouver Whitecaps Academy? Why don't you tell us the story behind that? For sure. No, so basically I had the the usual run through through youth programs here in Calgary, which which is, you know, I was playing for my, my local club and by the time I was around nine or 10 years old, um, that's when I kind of fully committed to being a goalkeeper, which, which was quite early, uh, you know, considering. But um, again, you know, at, at that point, basically for those next three or four years, I kind of just progressed through and, and, and started to get recognized uh, at the next levels, which were essentially the Alberta program. So the provincial program and, and uh, at the time what was called NTC, which was, the national training centers, just kind of player pools throughout the country where, where the youth national team coaches were essentially just, just kind of getting a look at, at the, the player pool. So I started to make my way through all those, um, those, those steps in, in my youth career. And, and I think, um, you know, timing was very fortunate for me as well, because as I was, you know, making my step up into that level, um, which would essentially have been the U16 age group, um, the Vancouver Whitecaps were expanding their academy program and starting to look uh, around the country for, for players to bring in. And, and like I said, that I mean, timing worked out very well for me, but I think I got on their radar through, um, you know, national tournaments with, with the provincial teams and, and being a part of the, the national training center. And, and, you know, just constantly there's always eyes on you. And I think uh, I caught their attention enough for them to invite me into um, a, a combine, they called it, where I think it was upwards of, of 60 players kind of from around the country that, that they brought in to, to see one last time in person. And uh, I did enough over that weekend. And, you know, now we're talking about early 2011, which uh, is crazy for me to think about. It's we're, we're talking about <laughs> almost a decade to, to when that had happened. And, um, you know, all, all those moments kind of built up, they brought me in and um, I impressed them enough that a couple of weeks later, I got the official invite to join the Academy. And then you're there for about three, four years, and then you ultimately achieve your dream, which has become one of the first few guys to have ever signed a homegrown contract. Before we get into what that meant to you, why don't you explain to our audience what is a homegrown contract in Major League Soccer language? For sure. it's uh, So any, any players that are developed through the academy or the quote-unquote homegrown players, um, you know, if, if you're one of those guys who, who makes it through the academy program and signs with the first team, um, like like I was, and, and like you'd mentioned, one one of the early ones in the program, uh, you're, you're considered a homegrown player. So, uh, you know, like you like you said, I spent three years in the academy, and and your dream and your goal, I think, at least for most guys, is, is to take that step to the pros, and and that's what I did, and uh, that's why the the homegrown player exists. And you're you're a young kid; you're still a teenager. What did it mean to you? to finally make it to the first team and get this sought after goal of yours to becoming a professional player at a young age. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, even, even to this day to think about it, I was, I was 17 years old when I signed my, my first pro contract and made that jump. And uh, it's funny to look back because I remember, um, 
you know, leading up to that moment, there were a lot of really big steps in my career uh, at the time. And um, everything was very much uh, on an upward trajectory, which, you know, my goal at that moment, of course, was was to be a pro. Um, and there were a lot of moving pieces that came with that. Um, I was coming off the back of the U-17 World Cup with, with the Canadian national team. And um, like I mentioned, it was just kind of like one thing to the next. And before I knew it, um, you know, I was offered a, a professional contract with, with the Vancouver Whitecaps, which it, it was just a dream come true. And, and uh, looking back, it's just like, it's crazy. I, I, you know, I don't think I felt that way at the time, but, you know, looking back, I just know it's, I was a kid. Um, I, I was halfway through my, my grade semester, so I still had to finish high school, actually. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it, it was just, like you mentioned, the, the culmination of, of a lot of hard work. And, and when that opportunity came, it was, it was just, it was a surreal moment, for sure. It's interesting because we created this podcast to highlight athletes like yourself. But the absolute value literally comes from uh, math and, and where a negative number, this absolute value is the positive version of it. And a lot of people don't realize that that rise to the top, if you will, that you experienced comes with a lot of sacrifice. Uh, but just because you make it to the top doesn't mean you've quote unquote made it. Um, and that is exactly your story. You battle for a spot on the first team after you had accomplished so much and after you've ultimately achieved your dream. But you battle for that first team spot and it never came. Year after year, you're trying to battle to make it to the 18. You're trying to battle to make it to the to, to the starting lineup in Major League Soccer until eventually the Whitecaps release you. Uh, arguably, it's got to be heartbreaking for you to see all of this hard work all of a sudden coming to an end. We'll be right back. Introducing Vista. Vista are Jaybird Sports' premier totally wireless Bluetooth headphones. The lightest, most compact, and most advanced headphones I've ever made. With industry-leading battery life, IPX7 waterproof rating, and US military rugged compliance certification. Go get yourself a pair at jaybirdsports.com. Support our sponsor. When you think back on what your father taught you and those principles that you just talked about so beautifully, what was one of the most important attributes that he ingrained in you that helped you during this tough time? Uh, yeah, it, you honestly described it so perfectly, Cisco. I mean, uh, it, it was an incredibly difficult time. Um, and, you know, looking back, uh, I've even learned so much from it now. Uh, and of course, after you've been through something, after you've experienced it, then, then of course, you can look back and say, well, well, now, you know, I, I feel like I, I could have dealt with it even, even better, but you have to go through it to really know and, and, and to learn it. Um, but without a doubt, you know, some of the, some of this, the really important things that, that my father kind of instilled in me was being humble, the humility, um, that whole time I, I was, I, you know, was, was grinding and working hard and, and trying to find my place in, in that team. 
but I knew, uh, even then I knew that the, the journey was not going to be easy. Uh, and just because, you know, you go from being on, on the top of the hill at the youth level, and when you make that jump to the senior level uh, into a first environment, uh, you have to do the exact same thing over. Um, and, and throughout that entire time, and especially through the experience of eventually leaving the White House organization, it was, it was so difficult because that's, you know, six plus years of my life spent there. It's, it's really all I knew. Um, but I knew that I just had to keep my feet on the ground. Uh, and that humility and that discipline came in because uh, that was a bump in the road. Uh, that was necessary. At the end of the day, I, I know that I needed to move on and I needed to get out of my comfort zone to find somewhere where I could push myself and and could uh, hopefully take that next step in my career, but without without the discipline, without the humility that that my dad instilled in me and and that I had to practice and learn over that time, um, you know that that difficult moment becomes even more challenging. So uh, to this day, I've learned so much from it, but but through that all, it was just ha- having the mindset that okay, what's next? Keep the feet on the ground, keep working and and uh, stay true to the process. And I'm so glad you learned that and you kind of uh, took that as your, as your motto of humil- humility will carry me on because you bounce around in the second tier system of our, of our football soccer pyramid in the United States and the USL in Texas. Then you come back and now you find yourself playing back home uh, in, in a third division, uh, what we then called PDL um, in our pyramid system. But, but I know it, was, it must have been difficult. You had achieved, you had tasted uh, the success of, of Major League Soccer. Now here you are finding yourself in, in the lower tiers. And I, and I know for a fact that humility was the only thing that carried you. And I think you mentioned something that pinpoints it to a, to a T and it's being able to, to mold and be flexible. What was your goal when the Canadian Premier League announces that they're coming to your hometown and Calvary FC is now one of the new teams? What what did this opportunity of signing with this team mean to you to going back to the first division and the first part of the pyramid in in North American soccer? I, I mean, as soon as as soon as the opportunity was there and and um, I knew that the, that there was the potential of this happening, I mean, I I saw it as as. First of all, I was just so excited for the opportunity. Um, but I knew that for me, it's exactly where I needed to be and where I wanted to be. And in a lot of ways, um, I believe this league was was built for players like myself. Um, but, you know, to, to touch on the point that you brought up earlier, it's that uh, that that move back home after my stint down in, in uh, the USL was by no means an easy decision. Um, you know, I, I remember thinking pretty long and hard about it because uh, a year earlier I was I was in the MLS for the Vancouver Whitecaps, and and a year later now I'm looking at you know going down and, and what arguably you know a lot of people from the outside would be like oh well you know he's fallen off the map there goes Marco but um, it was absolutely a risk but having the opportunity to go back home um, and to be a part of this process where I knew that the CPL was kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and again, I, <laughs> a funny story about that whole, that whole process was, I remember, you know, in the very early days, we're talking like mid 2017, I was constantly digging through Twitter, looking for rumors and hashtags and just something about what would be <laughs> happening. I'm, I'm talking anything I could get my hands on. And, um, again, for me, it was just, that, that's how excited I was. And that's how much I was 
I was willing to to really believe in it and and to um, when I knew that the opportunity would come to to take that opportunity. So as much as there was a risk in going back and and it was a, a definitely a, a change for me. Uh, this the CP, the CPL being an opportunity and, and of course being here in my hometown where I could come back home to my family and friends and and you know be in a place where uh, I haven't lived in in such a long time. It, it meant a lot to me, and and uh, as soon as that that opportunity presented itself, I you know, I was I was ready to do what I had to do to to get my spot. You signed with Calvary FC in December of 2018. What was your goal then? You know, it it was an an interesting moment because there was was for so many people there was uh, so much uncertainty as to what the CPL was going to be, um, and I think. Uh, everyone uh, bar none would would say that the league went above and beyond expectations in terms of uh you know a lot of factors in terms of the level of play the, the standard of the league uh everything it really was just a fantastic inaugural season but going into that um my goal was simple it was it was to be the starter and um you know to to be one of the best goalkeepers in the league and you know, I, I, I typically don't make this public, but I did set some goals uh, behind the scenes that I kept to myself. And I had it written down that uh, at the end of the 2019 season, I, I wanted to get a call up into the men's national team, uh, which was the, the audacious goal. Um, I wanted to be the goalkeeper of the year. And, and uh, obviously, I wanted our, t- our team to be champions. Um, but my focus was day to day. You know, when I put pen to paper to, to sign that contract, it was now about making sure that I was going to be the number one and I was going to be consistently uh, performing at the highest levels. And I knew that other stuff would take care of itself eventually. Well, brother, I, I am humbled to have witnessed it all and, and seen you go through that process. But most importantly, I feel inspired by your story and, and your grit, your commitment, your discipline, your humility, and everything that, that we've talked about during this episode because you did not give up. You set yourself these goals in, in December of 2018. And seeing you being named best goalkeeper in the CPL with nine clean sheets was a true testament of that humility, that discipline, that gratitude your father taught you. And with it, you achieve your ultimate goal, which was to get back into the rotation of the national team. What was it like when you got that first call back into the senior team? I was, it, was, it was surreal. It was... Uh... I mean, at that point, we were coming off, uh, first of all, an incredibly busy section uh, of our season where we had made a run in the Canadian Championship. Um, you know, it was, it was in the middle of, of the fall season and games were coming thick and fast. And yeah, at that point, I, again, I was, I was in the mode where, where I stay all the time, but I was in the mode where it was just one game at a time. Um, we were having a ton of success. Um, but it was just like, you know, what's next? What's next? The next game and, and on and forth. And um, I remember the moment, actually, I had missed a call. And I saw I saw a text message <laughs> after, of course. Right? Of course, I, the one time I, I, I keep my phone in silent. I see a text message after from the goalkeeper coach of the men's national team. Um, and I knew there were games coming up. Um, but I wasn't thinking much about it other than that. And, uh, you know, I see the message saying, hey, Marco, just give me a call back. It's, it's Simon Edie is his name. He goes, it's Simon, um, goalkeeper coach for the men's national team. Just give me a call back when you have the chance. And, and naturally, I'm, I start sweating right away, of course. But I'm thinking, 
<laughs> part of me is thinking, okay, well, you know, things have gone quite well collectively, individually over the last couple of weeks, but maybe they're just calling to be like, you know, keep up the good work. We, we've been watching like, well done. And, and I didn't want to get ahead of myself. Right. So I thought, you know, that might be it. Uh, but of course, you know, as, as soon as I saw the message, I called him back right away and, and I got the news that they wanted to bring me in for the camp. You know, even, even now, it's hard to describe what that was like. It, it, it was in that moment, you know, it was, it was an incredible feeling. Um, but I don't know if I really was able to truly appreciate it until I had a chance to, you know, tell my family and, and sit down and be like, this was where I wanted to get to. Um, and it took, it wasn't just that season. It was, it was before that and the years before that, you know, the last couple of years before that moment where it was about, staying humble and, and staying disciplined and and doing the work and knowing that if I if I stay true to myself in, in that front then then good things would happen and you know of course the chance to represent your country is the biggest privilege uh, in in the game and um, you know when it all settled in and sunk in it was just an incredible feeling. Well, congratulations, brother. I'm really, really proud of you. What a 2019 season you had, and I cannot wait to see what 2020 brings for you and, and all the way up to 2026. And with that, I want to ask you, what is next for Marco Carducci? You know what? I, I love that question, and, and, I, and I do think that way. But, you know, one thing about me, um, again, is um, I, I'm focused on, on what I can control, what's next day to day. Um, you know, obviously right now we're living in a, in a very strange time, but I'm still focusing on, you know, one day at a time, just making myself constantly better, uh, figuring out ways to, to just keep improving and keep making myself better than I was the day before. But, you know, of course, uh, 2026 is a, is a special year. Uh, I think everyone will know that that's a world cup coming here to North America. And, um, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that. Uh, I've done the math, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 29 going on 30 <laughs> in 2026. So uh, for a goalkeeper, you know, you're, you're just entering your peak really at, at that moment. And hopefully that's where I am in my career. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of is that light uh, far off in the distance that, you know, I'm working towards uh, and it, it is my goal. And I made it public that I want to be the starter for the men's national team. And I want to be the starter for the men's national team sooner than that. Um, But at this moment in time, you know, it's just it's just one day at a time. It's preparing and, you know, however this 2020 season may look like, um, that's where I want to step in and, and continue to to grow and develop and just improve on this season. And the rest, again, you know, we'll keep going one step at a time. Well, knowing that Marco Carducci, I know, I know that we're going to get to that point because, again, that humility and that, that grit that you have, is going to get us there and I, i'm humbled to be part of all of this and see it from afar before we before we close off i want you to think of all of those lows that you experienced and all of the lows that you just told us during this episode and i want you to think of every single academy player who's not getting that contract that they wanted or the player that has been cut from a team or the player that didn't make a tryout or the player that isn't making the starting lineup With everything that you've learned throughout your whole career, what would you tell these players? 
the biggest thing I can say is is perseverance. Um, you know, it's never a, a perfect pathway, and I and I experienced that, like we had discussed. I mean, between 16 and 17 years old, I progressed through the academy program. I was, you know, constantly just growing and improving. I we qualified for a World Cup. I was a national team for my under 17, uh, the, the captain for my under 17 national team. You played in a World Cup. You signed a first team contract. Uh, everything is just next day. What's the what's the good news now? And eventually that comes to a stop. And I experienced that. I, I went through that plateau and I hit that wall where all of a sudden um, things don't always go your way. And the only way through that for all those who who, who are going through it now or or will eventually go through it. And, and you know what, to this day, I know I'll go through that again. Uh, at some point or another, that there's gonna be moments that things aren't always gonna go your way. And and what really matters through that is just, you know, your grit, your, your patience, your perseverance, where you just stay humble, you keep your feet on the ground and, and you, you just keep your head down and keep doing the work. Um, no path is perfect and, and there's always going to be ups and downs along the way um and you know the the old cliche about not getting too high with the highs and not getting too low with the lows i think that's something that's defined me now um it's just about staying steady and, and continuing to persevere through through all those moments and, and if you can do that um regardless what comes of you you know you'll come out stronger and better out the other side whatever that might look like but if you can if you can just persevere through it and, and, and be patient um, again no matter what happens you'll come out through it and you'll grow and you'll develop both as a player as a person in everything so you know the, the short answer is is persevere don't stop if you're passionate about it continue to work and, and know that uh, if you do the right work and, and you stay you stay true to it then good things will happen Well, those are some wise words from a young, talented goalkeeper like yourself. And I am humbled. As I said before, I'm proud to be part of this journey of yours. And just know that you don't have to do it alone. We got your back. And as, as, as a client of ours, I can't thank you enough for being part of our team. But as a friend, you inspire me, brother. You're, you know, you're younger than me, but, uh, but your grit, your perseverance and your career inspires me to work extra hard um so well, for that you. i thank you no I, I appreciate that i appreciate that and i'm honored to 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 be a part of this team and um no the kind words really mean a lot well brother thank you so much for being on the episode i really think you're going to inspire a lot of kids and a lot of players who are listening right now who may think well my, my path is supposed to be so beautifully straight and 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 an upward mobility towards heaven but reality is it's got some serious up and down. So thank you thank so much you for coming today. It. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Absolute Value Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. This episode was powered by Felcrum, a full-service sports agency. All rights reserved. <laughs>